Are you a burnt out overachiever buried in responsibilities? Do you miss laughing with your friends, just laughing from the gut? Do you feel like life's passing you by? Welcome to 52 Weeks of Hope, where you get to rediscover laughing from the belly and getting back your meaningful one-on-one time with others. This is where you get to learn how to make that lonely ache vanish and get rid of your nonstop inner critic. Learn self-compassion techniques and to give yourself grace. How to stop feeling short fused, light up again to see people. If you've been wishing for some kind of shift, you're in the right place. I'm Lauren Abrams and I get to help you feel that magic again since going through my own dark night of the soul. So you can learn from my experience and the mentors and experts I meet along the way. And today we're talking to Chris Shelton, healer, teacher, and Kijong master. Do you feel stressed, in pain, and out of alignment? Are you sluggish? Are you ready to level up and get back to your clear, confident, vibrant self? You're going to love listening to Chris today. His holistic teachings are designed to get you out of stress and pain and into your highest natural state of health and well-being. You get to learn how to love life at new levels, align your emotions and body, and create the results of your dreams. Get ready to listen to one of the most empathetic people I've had the pleasure to meet. Welcome to 52 Weeks of Hope, Chris. Hey, Laura, great to see you again. Thank you so much for having me on your show. Yeah, it's so good to be together. Okay, so before we go any further, for anybody who's listening and doesn't know, can you talk about the healing powers of Kijang? Yeah, so Qigong is a um, 5,000-year-old practice. It's actually the foundation of Tai Chi, and it's also the foundation of acupuncture and classical Chinese medicine. And there's two styles of Qigong. There's self-regulatory practices, like uh, where a student like yourself could actually take classes and learn how to apply these practices for their own health, in particular mental emotional health, which then affects their physical health. And then the other style is the medical style. We have actually just trademarked uh, the name called curative Qigong, where we're taking the essence of classical Chinese medicine with these techniques that I've mastered over the last uh, 23 years or 24 years of being in clinical practice. And so that way a person can actually learn how to to take a course. We have a two-year mastermind course and learn how to work with other people, with other clients. Now, how did you come into this? Because you're like, YouTubes and, and now, of course, you're, you've, you're way beyond YouTube, your TikToks and everything else people love watching, but they make you feel so good. I do a six-minute morning YouTube looking at yours and you feel energized. I feel energized doing them and they're easy. And- yeah, yeah. And that's one of the things I love about Qigong is that it's a lot easier than Tai Chi. And when people call the office and they say, Chris, what practice should I do? Should I do Tai Chi or should I do Qigong? I said, if you want to improve your health quickly, and if you want a tool right away that, to help you with emotional trauma, past and present, then Qigong is what you need to do. Now, there's different styles of Qigong. The style that I teach in particular is based upon what they call the Five Element School. And the Five Element School, we recognize that the five major organs of the body, your heart, your lungs, liver, spleen, and kidneys are mainly responsible for sustaining life. And uh, these organs have different negative emotions that will affect them and it will show up as so many different types of chronic disease, inflammatory diseases, and chronic pain. So if you want to get out of pain, this is definitely one of those things that a person needs to have in their toolbox. Besides a healthy diet, besides hydrating, besides sleeping and not eating processed processed foods, really being able to take a pause and go inward. And, And like you said, it's so simple to do. It does not discriminate against anybody. We teach for the Special Olympics for a program called Healthy Athletes, Strong Minds. And we have paraplegics doing Qigong. And, and even if you can physically do it, mentally, 
you do. Cause even the specific meditations that I teach, actually I recorded 12 more that's, we're going to wrap up this year and each meditation, Qigong meditation, everything is meant to do something medicinally inside the body. It's not just the mindfulness aspect It's meant to do something medicinally inside the body. So yeah, it's really cool. It's easy to do. And the other fun thing is that you don't have to believe that for, for just Okay, good. So how can it cure a trauma? So how it cures trauma is what we do. So I'm just going to use anger, for example, because there seems to be a lot of anger and hate going on in the world right now. You think? <laughs> so anger gets stored in the liver and gallbladder. And so let's say you have, we'll get into more of the face feeding later. Let's say you have father issues and you can tell that by looking at daddy issues. You tell that by looking at the space between a person's eyebrows. So let's say you have these anger issues from maybe the father wasn't around, neglect or the mother, whatever. Wait, will it show up differently if it's a mom or the dad yeah, or no? That's, yeah. That's, okay, go yeah. ahead. Yeah. Okay. So anyway, what unlike conventional therapy where sometimes, and this is just speaking from my own interaction with therapy years ago, is that sometimes I would leave and it'd be like, they picked off the scab, but I felt worse. It's like, oh man, I feel worse than what I did when I walked in. The difference with this is that, yes, I want you to focus on the trauma, what happened to you, who was involved, what was involved, and then associated with the organs. So let's say it is old anger or resentment. Then you imagine a green cloud because the color green is associated with the liver and the gallbladder. Imagine pulling that green cloud into the liver, visualizing the circumstance. Wait, do you have to know where the liver is in the body? Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt, but do you need to know exactly where it is or... Like, especially like the gallbladder. I don't, I have no idea where that is. Yeah, it's, it's approximately. And the liver is a big organ located on the right side of the body. But okay. just imagine pulling this green cloud into the right quadrant of the body and feeling and visualizing the circumstance. Then as you do the movement, let's say you're doing the liver cleansing move, or if you're doing the liver cleansing sound, which is the sound of shoe, like shouting. Then you imagine that circumstance leaving like a dark cloud going speed away from the body and deep into the ground. And when I'm hired as a keynote speaker to give talks to trauma nurses and doctors, social services or whatever, one of my favorite Qigong practices to give is called the dry cry. Because your heart is the emperor, empress of the body. It dictates how much of an emotion is going to be expressed or suppressed. So if you think about it, if you get angry, what happens? Your heart races and then it attacks your liver. If you're worrying about something, your heart races, and then spleen. If you're fearful about something, your heart races and it weakens your kidneys. It attacks your What kidneys. does a spleen do anyway? All that spleen, that spleen that all those doctors have been taking out for so many years, that little spleen, that spleen is so important. Uh, we mostly hear about the pancreas and obviously the pancreas, but they're closely interconnected. The spleen is responsible for the production of white blood cells. It also recycled, oh, it also recycled good blood cells, but from a Chinese medicine model, that spleen also, what it does is it takes the food essence and the fluid from the stomach, sends it up to the chest to be made into blood. That's one of the things it does. One of the many things it does, it helps to keep the blood within the blood vessels. So if you're somebody who bruises easily, for example, that's a spleen condition or have chronic bloody noses. That's a sign that you're worrying too much about something. It's weakening the spleen and, and that's hence causing bloody noses. So, so have, what color do you bring to your spleen? Yellow or orange. Does it matter if you did yellow or orange? And by the way, for everyone listening, not watching, Chris was going more to his left side when he was talking about his uh, spleen. His hands were going to his left. Probably you don't even side. know that because you've been doing this so long. Yeah, the left the spleen is located on the left side of the body. It's about the size of, a, of an orange and it has a lot of great 
as a functionality. And a heart, for example, like I said, all these emotions go through the heart first. And some of the worst inflammatory diseases that I see in clinic is when a person does not, is completely detached from an emotion mm -hmm. or is not expressing it appropriately. Then those are the worst diseases, inflammatory diseases that I see. And the heart healing sound is ha, like laughing. And you could actually imagine a pink cloud filling up into the heart. The next time you're anxious about something, let's say you lost a friend, somebody passed away, a pet passed away or something. Imagine, feel that situation. I want you to feel it. Who's involved, what's involved, or what is the feeling sensation? As you inhale, imagine that pink cloud filling up into the heart. And then as you exhale, oh, imagine that circumstance leaving the body and do that over and over again. And the cool thing about this is that you could do it underneath your breath as well, too. So if you're in public, you're probably not going to be yeah, doing that audibly, unless but, you're in certain parts of LA or San Francisco. Right. I guess so. But I have a question. You were saying if you're anxious, but that sounds like you're sad. Anxious. Anx yeah. So yeah. anxious anxiety uh, attacks the spleen. And okay. when we, and stomach. Now, if we're talking about grief and sadness and shame. Because you're talking about loss, seeing the loss of a friend or a pet and things. That sounds like being sad as opposed to anxious. Oh, I was running late to get here with the rains and the traffic and everything else. That to me was I, what I was thinking of anxious. That's. Yeah. So it's any of the emotions. So let's say you're feeling okay. anxious or you're feeling sad about something, or let's say you're feeling anger about something. Uh, you're feeling anxiety about something. You pull that pink cloud into the heart mm -hmm. and then exhale, make the Han sound. And okay. uh, even emotion that actually affects the heart is overexcitation. Most people don't realize this, but you can actually die of a heart attack from laughing too hard. Hence the reason why when we laugh hysterically at something, the first thing we all do, everybody does this, is we go, ah, right? And the reason why we do that is because the heart is trying to regain balance once again. That's what it's trying to do is try to regain that balance. So this is just a very simple Qigong practice. And instead of suppressing, you're able to deal with it as it comes up. Okay. So those are, that's three colors. We've got the orange and yellow uh -huh. on the left side. We've got green on the right side for the liver. We've got white got, for the lungs. White for okay, the lungs. We didn't talk about that yet. So white for yeah. the lungs. And what is that for? What are we feeling when oh, we're doing that one? So that's the grief. That's the loss. That's, uh, okay. So that, yeah. So when you have... Like I said, when you have a, an event that makes you angry, your heart races and then attacks the liver. When you, there's such a close interconnectedness between the heart and the lungs that your heart will hurt and then it weakens the lungs. In fact, you can always tell when somebody has lost somebody who has not processed the grief because they will develop an unproductive dry cough. That unproductive dry cough is actually the grief stuck in the lungs. And they'll go to their physician nine times out of 10, at least from what I've seen, they are prescribed an inhaler because they got some miraculous form of asthma that's occurred. And it's not, it's a grief stuck in the lungs. And so, so you how could you help them? How can you help them? Or how could I, like, I hear I'm talking to somebody. I know that's what it is. And it's awkward for me to be like, oh, I think you have, you're not dealing with your grief. <laughs> you can't say well, that. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, so you have to word it there. Yes, there has to be some bedside manners when approaching. So, I just yeah. heard Chris Shelton and I know what this is because somebody's coming to mind right now and I want to be like, listen to this. So, so yeah, so the conversation starts like, wow, you've had that cough for a while. When did it start? Oh, six months ago. Oh, what was going on in your life six months ago? That's how the conversation starts. Yeah. 
There's this Qigong practice. Have you ever heard of Qigong before? Qigong is a simple moving and meditative practice. Um, gives people tool to, tools to deal with emotional stress and trauma. And then you just give them, then you say, according to Chris, but it's not according to me, are just passing on the right, right. But I heard Chris Shelton. <laughs> yeah, the lungs and the healing sound for the lungs is. A lot of people may have a hard time with that sound, but if you give them a sound of ha, then what will happen is that a lot of people can, because the heart and lung are so closely connected, they will be able to identify with that sound more. And so that's how you, in, in clinic, that's what happens when, uh, when somebody comes in, let's say with frozen shoulder syndrome. Every okay. Time. That I was going to ask you about that. I can't even believe you said that because another friend has frozen shoulder right now and I had it. It's so painful. Yeah. So. What's happened is that something happened in her life and it could be something like even an argument with a spouse or somebody else, but something happened that hurt her heart and she didn't fully process it. And because the acupuncture meridians and vessels that run from the face and the chest to the hands or from the hands to the face and chest are directly or indirectly connected to the heart. So unless you're doing jujitsu and someone popped your shoulder out, you're a pitcher in baseball, you popped your shoulder out, then it's always emotions of the heart. Everybody will blame their mattress, they'll blame their pillow, they'll, they'll come up with something. One case study, I'll say his name because uh, he did a testimonial for me on, for the TV show, Celebrity Sweat. His name is Mike Kroger, the uh, guitarist from Nickelback. He flew up to my office in San Jose, this was several years ago, and he was supposed to have cervical surgery on his neck. And so I said to Mike, I said, all right, what was going on prior to the pain showing up two years ago? And he said, oh, I think the, I slept wrong. And he said, I think maybe the stress of being on tour or the way I hold my guitar on stage. And he said, and then he stopped and he paused. He goes, actually, Chris, he said, two years ago, horse died. And two weeks after his horse died, he took care of business, went back on tour. Then the pain started showing up. And he's really funny because uh, he said that I got rid of his arthritis in 30 minutes. And really the reality is that, and you can actually see the arthritis in the x-ray and the reality is that no, what happened was that there was a mind body connection to the loss because the body says, okay, we can pretend like that didn't hurt you, but guess what it did. And again, these emotions are good because they are barometers for what's going on in our life. When we're not expressing appropriately, when we are suppressing it or we're exploding, then that shows up as disease and that shows up as chronic pain. And uh, yeah, we hear so much about inflammation. Yes, processed foods and whether what's happening with our food system is definitely creating disease. That's for sure. And processed foods will create in inflammatory diseases, but emotions also create inflammatory diseases. And in Chinese medicine, it's a leading cause of death. I love all of this. It's just, it's so good and it's so rich. And to me, nobody eats processed foods anymore, but that's not true, of course. And or else a lot of places would be closed. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and if you want to go down that avenue too, part of it too, if you look at the economic, the economics behind that, who are they targeting those fast food restaurants towards? It'd be great if the city and the county of the state would have organic gardening for people, especially people in low income places. And that would be ideal. But yeah, but no processed foods and fast food is still around. And you really have to read the labels nowadays because it might say organic, but is it really what's in those, what's right. in that? So you really have to look at what you're putting inside your body too. Definitely. I keep wishing, I keep wanting to grow my own veggies and do all of that. And it's, I did get tomatoes. Right. 
the one thing. That's because they're, I think they're like weeds and anybody can grow them. That's why I started there. So it's one thing. Okay, so you read Faces. Let, let's yeah. go to that now. So what should, we started with the, the moms and dads and neglect, but we didn't say where that shows up. We went on a tangent, never came back. So I'm going to, okay, let's okay. read. Yeah. Well, I'm just going to backpedal a little bit because Chinese face reading, some people say, are you a fortune teller? And I'm like, no, I'm not. Say yes, teller. yes, yes, you actually are. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> What's interesting, excuse me, but what's interesting is different marks on the face that show us where a person has to be careful during that certain age period of their life or some, something potentially happening. The Chinese face reading was developed thousands of years ago. It's called Singmen. It was developed thousands of years ago because Chinese doctors did not believe it was appropriate to touch women to diagnose them. So they had to come up with a way to, to be able to diagnose. And guess what? Every part of your face, I'm touching my nose and your brow bone and eyes, your cheeks, your ears, your lips, your chin, your jaw structure. With all the EFT tapping faces. It's a lot of the EFT tapping ones. Like EFT is based on Chinese medicine. Yeah, I, so that makes yeah. sense. Then. So all these different features on the face, guess what? Connect to different organs. So you like, for example, your brow bone and eyebrows connect to your liver. The nose connects to the lungs. The tip of the nose though connects to the heart. Your lips and your mouth connects to your spleen and your pancreas. Your ears connect to your uh, kidneys, your chin, your philtrum connect to the kidneys. So different parts of the body. So what I happens think. when you pierce your ears? If that's, you know, that's a great question. I don't, like, yeah. Does that tap into your gene, your essence of life? I don't really think so because there's so many other things that are help to make up the overall person's constitution. Cause when we talk about like a, a nose job, like the end of your nose, I don't know if they touch that. I have no idea. Okay. Well, you bring up a good point. So I'll bring up Michael Jackson, for example, when he was younger, his nose was wider and fleshier. And when he started off his career, as he got older, he started making his nose smaller and smaller. Now a person with a big nose is a sign of person of power. The person is a powerful person. There's other features on the face that will either take away from it or add to it, but the person is prominent and they have a potential for power or like to do things on their own or like to be in charge. And then, and that was Michael with his career and a little bit that I do know about him and, and the family. And then as he aged, what did he do? He started making his nose smaller and what was started happening to him, losing certain things were, were falling away. And it's not like going to be instant when, let's say you get a nose job, it's not going to be instant. It's going to be over time. We start to see these types of things. They say start to fall away. Oh, interesting. Okay. So go ahead. So between your yes. brows, oh, is that yeah. what you eyebrow. said? Yeah. So between the eyebrow, then it's further part. It generally means that the person has more of a father's influence. If their eyebrows are closer together, the mother is more of the influence on their life. Depending now on that, now there's going to be other features that we're going to look like, because that's going to be feature number one. I'm going to say, okay. And that would be the question that would come up. So I say, Hey, Lauren, so it looks like from talking to you that your father had more of an influence in your life was not around. He wasn't around. My stepfather, maybe. I don't know. Not really. Yeah. Yeah. Somebody who had a um, masculine, somebody who had a masculine, what is that position in your life when you're younger, uh, you may not have agreed with them, but they had some, which is also the driving force for how you think and operate today, partly, right? They had that masculine person had more of an influence on you. 
If it was a mother's influence, then that the brow bones would be, the eyebrows actually be a lot closer together. Okay. Yeah. And so that's the first step. And then we would look at lines, sort of lines on the face. And then if we had, for example, um, a line down the middle of the forehead here between the eyebrows, then we'd say, we call that a suspended sword. If it's a deeper line, it's called a suspended needle. If it's a more shallow line. And that means that this father type issue or this has affected the person to the point to where it affects them in their daily life or affects them as far as forward progress goes, because we have a saying that sword will eventually fall and cut off half the liver and the liver and stab the person on the foot. And that suspended sword has to deal with that anger from that person that was being from that masculine person that was projecting it onto the child. What about the two lines? Because they don't show up from the touch of my appearance thing on this. <laughs> what about the two lines on either end of the brow? Yeah. So those two lines are anger lines. Um, yeah. I, I don't like them because I always think they're like, ang they look angry. Yeah. So depending on which line is bigger. So if the line is bigger on the left side, that means that you store anger more than what you show it. And then if it's longer on the right side, then that means that you show it quite a bit. Most people that I see in clinic, what happens is that they store it. Now they may blow up behind closed doors or something like that, but they'll shove it down in public for most people that I see. Okay. So when you're reading them on TikTok and all that, what do you, what else? Or yeah. So do you look at, do you look at celebrities or like, yeah, I guess, yeah. They, yeah. what about Botox though? Yeah. But even with Botox as a last, because if you haven't changed, they actually have a saying, if you haven't changed the most emotional expression, which caused that line to begin with, then the line's going to come back. Yeah. And so on TikTok, what's been happening is that people have been sending me their pictures to read their faces, which I think is really brave because you're, as Dave Chappelle says, I like one of the things he says, like, he goes, I don't punch down on people. And I have people that want me to read politicians and stuff like that. And I won't punch down on people. I'm going to read certain things and have fun with it. But I think it's brave for, uh, and it's only women so far with dating that is only sending the photographs. And I think what it is because that was the male fragile, e fragile e uh, ego. They don't mm -hmm. want, they don't want to be read. In fact, I had one guy, I'd read one, one woman's face from the Midwest somewhere. And he said, he asked me a question. I thought it was a, a sincere question. He asked me, he says, so you could tell by the length of the nose, how the person invests money. And I thought it was a real serious question. And so I, when I finally got around to responding to him on TikTok. I said, yeah, we could tell by the length and the width of the nose, how well somebody invests money or how tight they are with their money or whatever. He immediately responded back and he says, you're crazy. So I responded back. <laughs> I, responded back. I said, okay. I said, I am. So I'll tell you what, why don't you send me a picture of your face and let's just really see how crazy I am. No response. No, he didn't send it. Now you no. said it's only women so far. So I guess yeah. he didn't. I'll give you an example. Uh, yes, I do read celebrities as well, too. I just saw Julia Roberts on, I think it was a Jimmy Fallon talking about that the most recent movie that she came out with, I think it was on Netflix or whatever. And I was like, oh my God, what happened to Julia Roberts? Because she was on Jimmy Fallon. And, and then I saw the movie and I was like, wow, she played in, in, in this movie. She played it in like an a angry person. But uh, in fact, at one part of the movie, the, one of the actors, the, the gal, she says, why are you so angry for one thing to be able to act it out? And some of the people that commented said, she's just playing her part. 
but you can't hide certain features on her face. And I compared her from Pretty Woman to, to this, uh, I'm forgetting the name of the movie right now. And yes, she has aged, but also you see the features that show that somewhere along the way, she's been treated badly between Pretty Woman, the filming of that, and this filming. And this is why the anger and stuff. And I haven't done any research on her to see what she's been through in her life. I was always a big fan of Julia Roberts. And I did a comparison uh, between the two. And I would also wonder if there's some level of depression as well going on. And you can see this on her face. And like I said, before seeing the movie, what first caught my attention was seeing a small clip of her on Jimmy Fallon. And that's what made me intrigued to see, wow, okay, there's been a definite change. I wonder when you were talking before about the liver and the lungs and the different, is there anything women in perimenopause or menopause or the things because instead of all the hormone replacement and it's, oh, if you're in perimenopause, take this because I hear a lot of questions about that. That's a great question. And so one of the side effects when say someone's uh, perimenopausal is they'll talk about the hot flashes or the night sweats, right? Right. Okay. So in Chinese medicine, our kidneys are responsible for how long our life it will be. So at the time of conception between your parents, God, and your environment, this predates your kidney well. It's like a battery. Your kidneys are the foundation of the yin and yang aspects of the body. Yin aspects of the body are your fluids. Blood, sweat, cerebral fluid. So even though uh, blood is warm, it's still nurturing, which is considered yin. Yang is the motive force, which allows for the assimilation processes inside the body and for digestion, those kinds of things. So as we age, what happens is this battery naturally declines. The number one tonic for to replenish the kidneys is sleep. The next tonic is obviously diet and hydration. The next tonic there is then these Qigong practices because they call Qigong the fountain of youth. So what's happened is that the kidney yin aspect, which also controls your reproductive system and influences a lot of your hormones, it has now become weakened. So it creates a condition inside the body is what we call as empty heat. What does that mean? That means that the body thinks it's hot, but if you took your temperatures normal, so what does it do is sweats. And it sweats because there's a weakness already in this component of the kidneys. So the body thinks, oh, I'm hot, so I'm going to sweat more. Guess what? The more that the woman sweats, the more of that essence diminishes. And so hence it becomes this vicious cycle, which then if untreated, goes deeper and deeper. So yes, there are herbal formulas that, that women can do. Go see, if you want to go see an acupuncturist, I have some good, great recommendations. If you want to come and see me, that's great as well too. And then foods that we need to eat is our foods that are what we call kidney, benefit the kidneys. So like those little packages of seaweed that you get at like Trader Joe's or whatever, yeah. maybe one of those days. Uh, Bosch pears in particular, the brown pears in particular, are really good for night sweats and hot flashes. Uh, raisins, dates, oatmeal, uh, seafood, not farm-raised fish, but saltwater fish. And seafood is really good, not shellfish though. We're also looking at things like uh, azuki beans, goji berries. These are some of the things you could add to the diet and then avoiding things like alcohol. Uh, wine is very hot. Wine and alcohol is hot energetically. So it will cause more of this kidney weakness as well, too. So what kind of beans did you say? Azuki beans. Azuki. Or yeah, like, 
beans or kidney okay, beans. Kidney, kidney beans. Okay. Uh, black beans are also really good as well, too. Okay. They also, yeah. And so if you start implementing this into your diet and avoiding greasy, fatty fried food and sugar also creates heat in the body, but also too, if you're craving something, that's your body's way of knocking on your door saying that this organ, actually, if you're craving sweets and sugar, that means your spleen is weak. So then you need to do more than spleen qigong practice in order to help to tonify. Yeah. Right? Okay. If you're craving salty, guess what? That means your kidneys are weak. If you're craving sour, that means your liver is weak, right? So if you want more- What else? These are very interesting. Okay. One more pungent, if you're craving something pungent, I don't know how many people just eat random cloves of garlic, but if you're craving things awesome, pungent, then that means your lungs are deficient. Or if you know that on the, or on the opposite end, if you're catching colds easily, it means that your lungs are deficient. So we want to eat more pungent foods. If we have a heart imbalance, though, we want foods that are more bitter in nature. For example, like uh, beet greens, for example, sauteing beet greens would be a fine example of that. How do you know if you have a heart imbalance? You could normally tell if one of the ways that we tell face readings, we tell by looking at their eyes, how bright their eyes are, because they say that the heart houses the mind, which houses the Shen and is the Chinese word for spirit. So we could tell how, how intact the heart mind is by looking at the glistening of the eyes. That's one of the things. But if you've been diagnosed with something with uh, AFib or- you, you can tell I don't go to the doctor a lot. God, questions. <laughs> let's say, for example, uh, if you have a line bisecting the, the nose here, a subtle line bisecting the nose, that means the person's had a broken heart, hasn't fully mended. So Chris was right, going across the bridge of his nose. Yeah, across the, yeah, across the, t- right past the tip of the nose there, somebody who's had a broken heart. And you, and try this out. The next time in the line will be very subtle a lot of times and say, Oh, you're still processing a broken heart. And they'll say, oh, yeah. how'd you know? And so a line, okay, so yeah. Somebody that's like online dating, what should oh. they look for in a face? Okay, it depends on them. And we talked about, because I teach a face training course, and we're actually going to be repackaging it and making it into an online course. And but of I course, we'll have all of Chris's links for everything, all of his like all of it. Okay. Keep going. Yeah. So I think it's funner though. I think it's a lot more fun to have the live class, but anyways, we thought, talked about doing a feast reading class for singles. Okay. So for me, everybody's different. For example, somebody can be with somebody that's controlling or whatever, but if they have lots of money and they like to spend it on you, then they might say, you know what? I can handle the little bit of control here and there. Just I want to be pampered. I want to be taken care of. So it all depends somebody else is like an E-type personality. Let's say if your woman has an E-type personality, they're like, no way, nobody's going to control me, right? Then <laughs> That's not going to apply. So it, it all depends. Uh, we can tell by the size of the lips, how our mouth, how passionate they are. What well, was really fun in the last base reading class, this is the first time we did it, but we started talking about different features on the face that tells us about the genitalia for men and women. And most of what's funny, uh, again, on that one too, on that night's class, all the men did not show up. It was only the women that showed up. Again, <laughs> none of the men showed up. And I called them out the next week too. Like, what happened to you guys? Come on, man. Oh, the dog ate my homework. Okay, whatever. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. Anyways, <laughs> so it just depends. And, but if you read, it just depends you, on what you're looking for. Yeah. Can you really, tell if somebody's lying then? Because everybody's still online for things. Are there ways to tell somebody's a liar? Are there things yeah, on the uh-huh. face? The, the line between the lips. So that line yeah. when the mouth is closed, this line between the lips when your lips are, when, when your lips are closed, if that line is crooked, 
that person tends to lie a lot. Which lie? Which line? When you, there's a line when your lips meet. So if you look at yourself in the mirror, see like your line is pretty straight across. It's a little bit wavy, okay. but it's, yeah, it's pretty straight across. Right? So when a person's lips are closed, that's one way that we could tell if. Uh, oh, if interesting. Person, it has, and you want to hear something else. You could tell, let's say you have a, a close friend or you have somebody you can't tell secrets to. The way you could tell that you can't tell secrets to somebody is if when they're on their phone or something, let's say looking at social media, or their emails and their mouth is left open like this and they're typing, they're not talking, but like this, that means that the words fall out of their mouth. So if you tell them something, they're going to go tell that to somebody else. So that's the tell tip for me, like in business and stuff like that. Those are one of the things that I look for because if I have an IP thing, my own intellectual property, right? I'm not going to share that with that person because I already know that he's going to use it or take it and, and share it with somebody else. Right? So it's good for business relationships too. Uh, and if they have mom issues or dad issues, it depends on what the case is. So, so what's amazing is that the art of face reading has left pretty much has left the Chinese medicine community. Most universities are not teaching this nowadays. It's really a lost art and people that are taking my course are people that, um, are for personal relationships or business relationships or whatever. But what was funny on TikTok was America's Got Talent reached out to me, the executive producer, <laughs> because I was talking about a certain feature. I wasn't reading anybody's face. I was talking about a certain feature. I'm going to start making more posts about that. Like, oh, if you see this shape of the tip of the nose, it means this, right? Yeah. Anyways, so she saw something. And she, that I had posted and she said, oh my God, like he's totally describing me. So she reached out and I actually made it, I actually made it to the fourth round of auditions this year on America's Got Talent. We're going to post that oh, also because, and they were having me and they were putting me under the fire too. Cause the, one of the things that people say is, can you read somebody right on the spot? I'm like, yeah, because the feature features are facial features. It's like seeing a flower on the end of a stem. I don't know. So anyways, yeah, I beat it to the fourth round too. They're pulling in their producers, executive producers and stuff like that. And I believe that I'll end up on there. And what I really want to do is because I don't know if that executive producer is still part of the show, but she was a executive producer for The Bachelor. So I thought, oh, it'd be so much fun is to get the pictures of oh all my the gosh. Yeah. right. And start and go with the guy and say, okay, this person is this person has this going on. This person is very giving, very generous, whatever. And then see during the show, if those features unfold themselves, that would be a fun one. That would be really good. Yeah. Yeah. That would be great. Okay. So what, a couple of last things. You okay. have a TV show coming out. Yes. Oh my gosh. Yes. We should talk about that. So it's a dramedy. So what happened was that from, I'm from the San, we're from the San Francisco Bay area from San Jose. And when my old buddy, Eric, the trainer started pulling me down here 13 years ago, he started giving me all of his high profile clients. And at some point we were killing ourselves flying back and forth from San Jose to here, to LA. And I had asked myself, well, Chris, what is your purpose for doing this? Cause I don't get starstruck by anybody. I meet some interesting people, but I don't care if you're a gender or Tom Cruise, but I treat everybody the same. So anyways, I realized well, the next stage of my career to help more people on a broader scale is television, right? So about eight years ago, we started this process and I shot us, we shot us as a real famous bodybuilder, Jeff Bahar. It came out okay, but still didn't quite hit it. We thought, I thought I wanted to do a documentary style TV show. I think Caesar, the dog whispered intervention type thing, but for humans, 
right? So I have the background. Um, okay, I'm going to the person's home. When is the, the camera show the background of patient, whatever, what they're going through, what their home life is like, what their work life is like and stuff. And then I go treat the patient. We see the success and all where we go. So then we shot a second scissor reel. That one was better, but still when we showed it to some of our clients, uh, agents, it still wasn't something that really sparked any interest. And then in 2022, we shot a 15 minute short documentary that turned out really well. And then unfortunately my whole team went crazy. And I had to pull the project before going to the film festivals. We were this close. So fast forward, I was interviewing different uh, directors to try to make some tweaks because that 15 minute short turned out really well, but they needed some tweaks and stuff like that. And, and then finally my old bike coach, Kun Lee, who was the reason why I met Eric the trainer 13 years ago and ended up down here. So Kung, I was on a Zoom call with him and got into movies. In fact, Channing Tatum used to come and train with us, kickboxing, MMA at Kung's gym. We used to joke that Channing had a man crush on Coach Kung. Anyways, is I know so many people because Kung got into movies. And so he introduced me to the showrunner named Victor. And that when the Victor says, okay, what is it you want to do? I said, I want my own TV show. He says, all right, the 15 minute short is, is amateur. Why don't we just make your own TV show? I said, okay, but that 15 minute short came out really good. I don't just want to shelf it. And he says, okay, the same day that we shoot the pilot, we will shoot the extra footage and make you a feature film. So I got two things coming out. I got a feature film that's going to be coming out right now. We are shooting. We shot the first episode. We have the first two scripts written, the, the show Bible and the pitch deck already finished. And it's a dramedy. It's not a comedy or it's not a, it's not a documentary. It's a dramedy. So it's playing out real life case studies of patients that I really have in clinic. And we're addressing some of the real true events that are going on in the world today in society. And at the same time too, it's funny. So anyway, and so, yeah, so we're really excited. We're in post-production. We're hoping, I'm pretty sure there's not a show out there like this. I promise you there's nothing else like it. We are uh, looking at introducing people to Qigong and Tai Chi and Chinese medicine, but integrative medicine. Now people need a show for hope. Hence your, yeah. you need a show that has hope. It inspires people that you don't have to live with disease that you can transform it. You don't have to live with chronic pain. You don't have to live with depression. There's things that you could do. And Qigong is, has been around for thousands of years and it still and it's has accessible. A, it's accessible. It, I think that's so important to everybody. And especially in the mental health community where there's not the tools for mental health. I think it's really necessary. And I believe in integrated medicine too. And don't get me wrong. If somebody is having suicidal ideologies, maybe we do need to medicate, right? Because we got to back them off the cliff, right? But at the same time, why not introduce some of these practices with them and such? And so that way it empowers them, gives them a sense of power back and to start to transform the mental emotional issues that are creating the, the dysfunction. So yeah, it's a really exciting. Yeah, no, it is so great. Do you have a message of hope you want to give? Even though I feel like that was a message of hope. Yeah, that really is it. And my new book that's coming out on healing back pain, I've been working on for 10 years. It will be released this year. It's going to be, it's a, an informative book on how to fix neck and back pain yourself. And also it's a beautiful artistic book as well. So the whole idea here is that the yellow emperor has a message in his classic of Chinese medicine. It's an ancient textbook. He says, to fight disease after disease sets in is like digging a well after one has become thirsty or forging one's weapons after engaging in battle. Wouldn't that be too late? The whole idea of our conversation here today is 
self-empowerment, not waiting till that point that there is hope that, but even if you are in that space of suffering and in chronic pain or whatever, that there is hope because there is these practices that you can do that will empower you to be the best version of yourself. And they say that the, the superior doctor is one that can prevent disease before disease sets in. And the whole idea of this is that you become your own superior doctor, meaning that you have such an understanding of how your body functions that when a symptom shows up, you say, oh, okay, what can I do? Qigong practice, maybe switch diet or whatever to transform this disease myself. I love that. This has been so great. Thank you so much for being a guest today on 52 Weeks of Hope. We'll live stream some more like we did last year. And uh, maybe we'll even do some practice live for the community. Yeah, we should do a yeah. live class together. She come to our studio in downtown Burbank. Oh, and- yeah, that would be amazing. You know what? That's what we'll do. We're going to, yeah, we'll I'm going to do that. I'm just going to bring my microphone and, and we're going to do a live class. Yay, that'll be so fun. Yeah, we're definitely doing that. I love that idea. Yay. Oh, thank you so much for being a guest today. All Happy. the links are right below. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode and take with you Chris's messages of self-care, healing, and compassion. Such fulfilling messages to take into your week ahead. Be sure to share the episode with your friends and to rate and review the podcast so more people feel less alone in the overwhelm and to remember the pods. Answers emerge in the pause, and instead of adding to your to-do list, how about a to-don't list? Be sure to tune in next week for another empowering episode about how you can stop the struggle and heal your humanity so you feel more confident, authentic, and focused again. We're celebrating the 200th episode with a huge giveaway. Here's how you can enter. Rate and review the podcast, share your review on social media, or just send me a screenshot. Subscribe and follow on YouTube to get and send a screenshot of that for an extra entry. There's all kinds of amazing prizes. You get a 30-minute session with the manifestation expert, Jen Mazur, the queen of manifestation. There's 10 free shadow work journals that are being given away. There's a whole bunch of exciting goodies. Just rate and review the podcast, share it, or send me a screenshot to enter to win and get an extra entry by subscribing and following on YouTube. Until next week, I'm Lauren Abrams. Thanks for listening.